Good morning, good morning, Automator Series. We are back for an, another awesome, awesome episode. And today I'm with Christy Roberts. So firstly, thanks so much for, for just hopping on with me today. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks and for having me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we were chatting a little bit before about travel and things like that and a bit of stuff about time management. But I'm just going to hand it right over to you just to say hi to everyone and then also give a just a bit of an introduction to who you are, what you're doing, your passions, things like that. Oh, where to start? So hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome. And thanks for having me, Gavin. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. So my name's, yeah, Christy Roberts. I'm a mindset and results coach, and I'm also a self-directed healing practitioner. Uh, so self-directed healing is an energy healing process where we work with deep emotional pain like grief, trauma, anger, guilt, shame, you know, overwhelmed stress. And we shift energetically through the physical body to release those emotions. Uh, it's very, very powerful. Yeah. So I'm very passionate and my work is predominantly centered around how we can live our best life mm -hmm. in spite of those challenges that life throws at us. Yeah. I mean, that's the big thing. And are you working with um, like quite specific groups of people? Is it kind of like a theme with the people you're working with? They're maybe in a certain place trying to get to somewhere else or other things kind of like that. Yeah, so my clients typically, like I have a couple of different veins of work that I do. So one is I create workplace trainings, so workshops, and I work in workplaces because my background is human resources and organisational development. So mm. I've worked with leaders across the country um, and I have a lot of experience in that space. So I'm taking life skills into the workplace to help people thrive. Um, that's one thing I do. So I, I think typical things I would focus on is work-life balance, uh, mastering your time, uh, team engagement as well. Um, so there's a few different things that I focus on there. Um, another vein is I work with clients who are just stuck and procrastinating and self-sabotaging, clients mm. who are stressed and overwhelmed. So people who just aren't thriving, they're stuck, they're either completely overworked and but don't have that clear direction to help them or the pathway to help them re you know, reach that vision. Mm. Or they're just stuck and, and just not going anywhere. And it's like, you know, Groundhog Day or, you know, they're on that hamster wheel where they're just not thriving. And the third area where I've moved into more recently is grief. So mm. I attract a lot of grief clients because I'm not sure if you're familiar with my story, but my 18-year-old son, Aaron, was in a car accident just last year and he died on scene. Mm. So in the blink of an eye, my whole world, like literally it's like the foundation pulled out and I'm there going what happened and mm. trying to pick up the pieces and so my work prior to that was about living your best life and that's where it's like in spite of life because life happens we all have those ups and downs and tragedy does strike we don't know when we don't know where we don't know at what age like we and we don't mm. even know what form it's going to take but, yeah. but the fact of life is is that life does happen and so, you know, what I've learned through this experience, and I'm still learning because it's quite the journey, as I'm sure you can appreciate, yeah. is that even in the midst of my grief and my pain, like I will forever grieve for my son because he's forever gone. Mm. I can't change that. But I can still live my life with passion. Mm. I can still live my life with purpose. And I can still create meaning in my life, which honours my son's life. And there's so much power in that. And so that's what is really 
key driver in my journey and I'm on that journey and I'll continue to be on that journey and evolve. But yeah. what I'm finding is I'm attracting a lot of clients who are in grief. Mm. I mean, I, yeah. I imagine that must have also happened from the fact that you were just open and sharing your story and people are like, wow, like this thing's happened mm -hmm. and you're still kind of pushing on, you're looking at it in a certain way, taking certain things away from it. Exactly. I'm showing people that it doesn't have to destroy us. Mm. You know, I can, I, I'm working with the Centre for Optimism. I'm working with a number of Inspirited Solutions. I'm working with a number of key organisations to, so this message can reach a really broad audience because we can still have optimism in our life in spite of the challenges and the devastation that life can, you know, bang, boom. Yeah grow us and um and so there's a lot of work to be done in this space i'm i'm really passionate about increasing societal awareness um i know certainly in, in australia and in, in western society so many of us don't know how to grieve and we mm -hmm. don't know how to support other people in grief or even just sit just sit with people and witness their pain without trying to fix it or silver line it or do the spiritual bypass or all the toxic positivity all the different things that we do to bypass our pain mm. they don't help us heal and time doesn't help us heal either it's what we do with our time that helps yeah. us heal mm. yeah it's like if you just keep uh, if you if something happens and you just push down the emotion you never really deal with it it's still there like if you don't actually process it in some positive way or just in some way it's just always going to pop up in some fashion I, I couldn't agree with you more. And um, I don't know what the statistics are there in Bali, but I know in Australia, we have the second highest rate in the world for prescribing prescription medications for anxiety and depression. Hmm. That's an issue. Yeah. That's an issue. Whereas there is, there's really holistic ways like self-directed healing. Hmm. Um, you know, we can work with that deep emotional pain in a natural non-medicated way to deal with the actual root cause of the problem. It's like with addiction and trauma, you know, too many different um, modalities are scared to go deep because they don't want to, you know, do more harm or create more pain. But, but, you, but you need to deal with that pain and you need to deal mm. with the problem at the root cause to actually heal it, to free people up, to step into their full potential. Yeah. No, it's interesting that you you mentioned like needing to go deep because the moment you said that, it made me think about the fact that I know for a fact many times in my life, I've like shied away from topics that I knew if I asked a question, it's going to get deep and that made me uncomfortable. It's like, I don't want to get vulnerable with this person. Or I don't want to like get so emotional. It's going to make me feel uncomfortable. So I kind of step away from that conversation or like redirect it. And I love, Gavin, that you actually even recognize that yeah. because so many people do that and they don't even recognize it. And so, so you're on that precipice then. It's like get curious. Get curious about that and just sort of little steps, challenge yourself to go in when the time's right, when it's appropriate. Yeah. There are times it's appropriate and there are times it's not, of course, right? Yeah. Just thinking about it makes me like a little bit nervous or scared, even if I'm honest. Because it's outside your comfort zone. It's something yeah, new. 100%. And, uh, and this is the work. And this is why I'm having these conversations because 
they're important conversations. And, you know, and also it's probably worth sharing at this point that that vulnerability, vulnerability is the pathway to emotional intimacy and connection. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm learning now as well. So if you want to have strong connections, if you want to have good relationships, if you want to really be authentic and real and seen, mm. It's that vulnerability. It's having those conversations and showing up and saying those things that you would normally hide behind, mm. even though it takes courage, even though it might not go down the way you want it to go down. It's stepping into that space yeah, and yeah. building those skills and having those courage and realising that it is okay and it builds connection. Mm. People trust you more. People respect you more. People listen. They engage. Yeah, and someone someone's got to take that first step. It's like I don't know, saying hi to a random person, and they become you end up having a relationship with them or something. But someone has to take that first step, and in this case, it's one of you has to show that vulnerable side for the other person to know. Oh, I can do this too, or like it's okay for me to also go that to that place. Yeah, and sometimes people will respond, and sometimes they won't. And you'll mm. learn. You'll learn yeah. who's up for it and who's not. <laughs> yeah, that's a big thing. No, I mean, it's really interesting. I wanted to kind of um, dial back to something you said about the whole HR thing. It's like so many times it's come up in conversations. I was like, it would be crazy if companies introduced almost like not mandated, but like really promoted like, hey, we're doing like mindfulness sessions or we're doing mindfulness challenges like i just finished the 21 day abundance challenge by deepak chopra and was awesome i was just thinking like it'd be so cool to have those type of programs in businesses like actually pushed by hr and they're like hey create a circle create uh, what's the word accountability groups and yeah kind of go through these things like i think that's so big and even just be. understanding understanding how communication happens and how when communication breaks down, you know, if you're in a workplace and you've got a manager that's micromanaging and a team that aren't responding and, you know, there's so many different team structures and where things go wrong in teams. Yeah. So the more that workplaces and teams can understand how, how communication works, when it breaks down, it'll break down for three core reasons. It'll break down because... There's opposing opinions because mm -hmm. emotions are strong or there's a value conflict. And so when it breaks down, how to recognise that? Are people withdrawing or are they sort of going what we call violent? They're, they're putting their opinions out on the table and trying to control conversations or dominate in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And then how do we actually get it back on track once it's broken down? Because in a workplace context, it comes back to safety, like psychological safety. And this mm. is in a personal context as well. This is what I love. These skills are transferable. Life skills, like they work, whether you're in the workplace or whether they're at home, it's just making it relevant for a workplace. And so, yeah. you know, how can I make this safe? What's actually going on? Why has the communication broken down? Because I've done a lot of work with diversity and inclusion teams and gender equality, all sorts of some really great work over the years. And, um, what, what, what happens is when, when people go silent or become, you know, sort of more outspoken in a workplace, what happens is the communication, you're not getting all the information on the table. So if a workplace is 
problem solving, for example, or trying to be innovative, it stifles innovation because you need as much information as you can on the table. You need that diversity of thinking, right? Because that's mm. what creates innovation. And it's innovation that makes those businesses thrive. Mm, so the communication is a key piece. Yeah. And it's uh, it's like creating that, what's the word? Not like a cauldron, but it's like all the ideas kind of mixing together from different backgrounds and experiences and upbringings. And like, that's where like big ideas can come from. The magic. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what were those, uh, just to kind of uh, re, re like, go over those again what were those three key ones that you brought up the, the three the, key reasons why communication will break down yeah i think that would be cool for people to to remember yeah exactly it is cool right yeah <laughs> it's strong emotions mm-hmm. opposing opinions mm-hmm. and conflicting values when people mm. have differences of opinion so when so when either of those three um, components are in place that's when you're moving into a crucial conversation an important conversation so that's where it's got to be respectful you've got to respect other people's boundaries emotions um, mm. create an environment that's safe get out of the stories you know yeah if, they, if anyone's talking about victims villains or being helpless they're in story it's like what are the actual facts here? Get back to the facts. Yeah, I mean, because especially when it comes to, to you mentioned like uh, conflicting values, like the moment that happens, that's like when you kind of just end up like not badgering each other, but it's like everyone just digs in further if you try attack the other person's value. So, I mean, for you, is it then trying to establish the like procedures or like kind of what happens at that point? So is it kind of establishing what do you do when those things happen? So this is where the leaders need to lead. Mm. They need to recognise that the conversation's gone off track, but mm. everybody has to take responsibility here as well. So it's recognising that the conversation is off track. Um, mm. And so, yeah, has someone gone in sort of aggressive or more violent or, and you know what, it's the withdrawal that's just as important. So it's recognising, am I withdrawing from the conversation Am I, am I over-contributing and forcing my opinion into the pool? Um, mm. So it's recognising that in yourself. But as a leader, it's, it's really trying to ensure that everybody feels safe enough to speak up. Mm. It's recognising when people are jumping to assumptions mm-hmm. or, or doing things because that's the way they've always done something you know it's pulling it back on track where is it you need to go what is the direction what do i ultimately want to get out of this particular project event conversation team meeting whatever it happens to be and how can i make this as safe as possible so that everyone feels heard seen witnessed in that space without judgment yeah, wow, that's for the leaders, just thinking about it, of like building a company and managing all these different people and backgrounds, and like, yeah, that must be to try grow that on your own as like a company founder or CEO. Yeah, that's, that's hard. I can, I can completely see, hard. yeah. It is hard and it's no different to building a business, Gavin. It's these are skills that we learn. Some people are born with natural um, ability in a leadership as a leader, mm. but leadership is learned. It's a skill that you develop, and it's many different skills, like lay it, like building a business. It's no different. So get a coach, you know, get help, get 
do courses, um, but put into action what you're learning, actually take those steps and just keep building and just know, you know, no one's perfect, but mm-hmm. recognise how you're showing up, recognise how you you are contributing because even not contributing is contributing. Yeah, that's a decision. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I've worked with leaders all, all my over 30 years now mm. and often not 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 all the time but but often and sometimes especially in in um younger leaders or i say younger but newer leaders um egos can get in the way as well that can be mm. another thing i'm not saying i'm not saying all young leaders please don't anyone interpret that the wrong way but ego can get in the way because you're so focused on the pressure of what you need to achieve and meeting your targets that you can lose the picture and, and lose the, the concept or the idea that the team's actually what's going, what's going to help you get there. Mm. So it's nurturing that team. It's developing the people in your team and, and helping them to feel valued along the way really does make a difference. Yeah. On that point of young leaders, like I wonder if because of how much more of a focus social media is these days, if that's kind of affected, they're like, oh, I have to show these massive... Uh, returns or massive kind of results or I have to make myself look good on Twitter or Instagram or and that kind of like colors and twist their kind of approaches in a bad way well and in a good way as well I think it's both ways Mm. I think it's like anything we're always going to get you know when you're dealing with people (laughs) you're going to get two sides of the coin all the time so it's just yeah it's bringing the best out in people Um, allowing people to have the courage to step up, to step into that vulnerable space when those conversations get challenging, to learn to deal with people, not numbers, and um, and just to really thrive in the workplace. Hmm. So you're saying like social media also can be um, the fact that you know you're out there, you're like, oh, damn, I got to do right by everyone. It's like I got to do good type of thing. Because it's it's going to be out there. It's such a powerful tool. And, um, you know, I know a number of young coaches and young leaders who are absolutely rocking it on social media mm-hmm. and doing amazing work. Like one of my um, coaches, a business mentor marketer, he's about 30. I haven't asked him how old he is, but he's much younger than me. He's absolutely rocking it. Mm. And, um, and I absolutely respect everything he does and says and <laughs> follow his guidance because, you know, what he does works. So, it's not always age that, that matters. It's, it's how confident you are, how, how certain you are, how respectful you are, the education, the knowledge behind you. Articulation is a massive thing. You need to be able to communicate if you want to lead. Mm, yeah, being able to also understand the kind of, as they say, marketing, like the conversation going on in other people's heads and be able to like show that you kind of get it in the way you articulate and converse. Exactly. Yeah. So from, from going from HR, it sounds like that was quite a long time. And then, so did you go kind of just out on your own and like kind of what was the, the journey from there? So w- what I found was I, I kind of hit a point where I hit the ceiling and I knew that there was so much more in me, but I just didn't know how to how to break through that that glass ceiling. And so mm-hmm. I started coaching. When I started doing my coaching course, my first one, I didn't actually think I would go out on my own. Like that wasn't my goal. My goal was to 
um, move up in my career more in HR. I was in organizational development at that point. Mm. But the minute I hit coaching, I realized this is my destiny. This is my purpose. There's nothing else I want to be doing because it made me actually realize how ordinary my life was. Yeah. Like I was on that hamster wheel. So, so when I talk about living your best life, I mean, I, I, I was happy, I, I, but I didn't actually even realize that extraordinary living was available. I didn't know what my full potential was. I knew I had more inside me. I just didn't yeah. know how to get there. And so it was a bit crazy there for a few years because I was working full time. I was traveling two and a half hours a day into the city to work in this job. I was studying. I was, and yeah. then I started building the business and <laughs> it was pretty insane. I did that for a few years before yeah. I went out on my own. Yeah, and I, th I think that's uh, important for people to know. It's like, it can be tough. <laughs> it's like, you got to be it willing be to kind tough. of grave through it kind of thing. Yeah, and it was literally a one foot in front of the other. Um, I did have a vision. Uh, I remember when I started coaching, it was like, how am I going to fit in studying and, um, and pay for it? Like, how is that even going to happen? And then once you take that leap, it was like, I don't even have two hours a week to study. And before I knew it, within three months, I was studying 15 hours a week. I became obsessed because when you're passionate about something and when it's mm. aligned with your purpose and your destiny, everything else kind of becomes secondary and you realize you make time for it. Um, I've, I talk about, I'm very passionate about time because I've realized how using your time effectively can really be a really strong conduit for getting to where it is you want to go in life that <laughs> mm. I literally started carving it out one foot in front of the other and doing the work and bang here I am you know on a world stage yeah it's it's really it's interesting. crazy <laughs> it's yeah and also the the fact that you said you were in this job and you were just thinking of ways how you could grow more in that job it sounds like that that's why you yes. started coaching but then when you saw all these other um people doing crazy wild things and you're like oh wow i didn't even know that was possible and that's kind of what opened up your your worldview a little bit exactly because when you start surrounding yourself with people who are living great lives and really mm. stepping into their potential and doing great stuff in the world your 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 horizon your world gets bigger yeah and you you begin to you begin to appreciate what's actually possible and that you write your own script. Like if you're writing a script, you've got a bit of paper and you're writing a script for a movie and the movie's your life. And imagine every time it's not quite right, you, you know, you crunch it up, you throw it away. Imagine if you could write your own script because that's literally what I'm doing. That's literally what you're doing. Yeah. And every time you just keep changing it and rewriting it and it gets better and better and better and role modelling off people who are further ahead than you. Mm. that's where the coaching is powerful I didn't start getting I didn't have my own coaches in the beginning because a I couldn't afford it and b it was like I, I was getting so much growth out of doing the courses myself but then mm. I reached a point as soon as I started bringing in coaching I've got several coaches now in different areas in my life and my business mm. as soon as I did that it fast tracks you like it literally propels you forward faster it's really cool yeah it's crazy it's like now my mindset has also changed since I started doing more coaching and mentoring. It's like, if I want to get good at anything going forward in the future, like ideally I'm just going to be like, who's a brilliant coach in that section, just hire them. Like if I want to 
become a better surfer. It's just let me hire a surfing coach. If I want to get better at kickboxing, just hire a kickboxing coach. It's like, why waste the time? Exactly. And a life coach or a mindset coach, you know, the results coaching, I, yeah. I, I liken it to a personal trainer for your mind. Yeah, 100%. And our mind is our most valuable asset. Yeah. It's like you can even hire a discipline coach. Like a discipline, I realized for me, was like such a weak muscle. And I've had to like start working on it. But I'm almost certain there's a discipline coach somewhere. Like that's what they do is they teach you to be more disciplined or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah you, it's interesting how you mentioned the, the whole, oh, I was going to bring up the fact when you're talking about changing the, your glass ceiling. Like I know for me as well, it's, I had kind of a certain mindset of what was achievable, what's like good, what's successful, things like that. But then when I got introduced and started spending a lot more time with the people I spend time with now, and hearing their goals and what they want to achieve. I was like, oh, wow, my, my goals are kind of small. Like I was happy and like, maybe I don't need those bigger goals, but I'm like, oh, wow, I could be thinking so much bigger than I realized. Not necessarily that you should set those as your goals. Maybe they're just not right for you, but at least it kind of starts the juices flowing again. You're like, oh, wow, I can actually dream a lot bigger. I can aim a lot higher. Maybe you don't want to go as high as they are, but like you said, you kind of, you realize what's actually possible and that changes how you think about things. Exactly. And it's got to be right for you. Everyone's goals are going to be different. And yeah. that's why it's really valuable to re reassess them, you know, six monthly, a minimum year, but, but really six monthly, you should be looking at them. And it's a recalibration because as you grow, what's possible grows. Yeah. So when you do that six monthly kind of, uh re-looking at goals for yourself or with the people you work with how do you kind of go about that is there like a structure to it or like what's the process yeah so every now and again i will sit down and do like formal goal setting i've got a business strategy page that i renew and mm -hmm. then but but i'm i'm very dynamic so i will go for new goals all the time and just map out that goal and add it in um i'm very on the spot in many ways so long as i'm moving forward and it's upward and outward and, and moving yeah. me in my direction I, I just i will go there whenever i need to go there oh, so but even... with my clients with my clients i would typically yeah every six months okay where were we what's the goal okay let's revisit that i'm a bit more structured about it yeah i guess especially for people early on in their journey there you can be more prone to the whole uh, what's the word like shiny object syndrome, like you end up just going on all these different paths and your focus gets pulled in too many different directions. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, what can happen as well is it's like you can have that vision, but then you don't know how to get there or it becomes so big that it's mm. too big. And so people will procrastinate. Mm or they'll get stuck where they are. There's different reasons because it's like, you can have the vision. What's the vision? Where are you now? And what are the steps you need to take to get there? But then mm. underneath that is self-sabotage, is procrastination, is our challenges and our blocks like the deep emotional pain that's trapped because that yeah. can keep us stuck. Like limiting beliefs because they keep mm. us stuck as well. Yeah. And once again, conflicting values. So it's, it's getting really clear 
moving forward, it's like, how do you eat an elephant? You know, the big goal, the elephant. It's like one chunk at a time. So I will literally brainstorm and map it all out into steps that my clients can take away. Um, And that can be really powerful to break it down into little steps because little steps are doable. And every time you take steps, you're moving towards the goal. So you get a sense of satisfaction and purpose with that. But you also build your confidence. Yeah. Yeah, like you like you're mentioning about like breaking it into steps. It's like also I just think about now, if you break it into small steps and you still can't kind of get started or kind of you get stuck on a few things, in my mind that kind of brings up the more obvious internal blocks much quicker than it's like, oh, it's just such a daunting task. That's why I can't get started. But it's like, no, you just need to post five things a week and like that's not a, that's not don't that's not a big thing but it's like but it's not still... that easy it's not that easy if those blocks are limiting beliefs or trapped emotional pain so that's yeah. where that's where the self-directed healing is really powerful because i'll go in i work with a lot of leaders that are exactly in that spot they've got the visions but they're just not getting there it's like i've been building this business for five years why don't i have the results i feel like i'm just not getting anywhere and we'll do a self-directed healing process and look at it with that as the vision to to work through to create more understanding and it might just be that they don't believe they've got what it takes like at a really deep intrinsic level or they intrinsically feel that they're not good enough or worthy enough or capable enough And so with the self-directed healing, we feel that energetically in the body. So this is a modality that works. It works mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And we shift those emotions and those trapped beliefs through the body physically. Like we actually anchor it. Where are you feeling that in your body? Mm. Feel it more. And we challenge those beliefs. It's like, I'm never going to be good enough. Is that true? Yes or no? And if they say yes, okay, let's feel that. And we sit in it. And what typically happens is all of a sudden there'll be a breakthrough and it's like this subconscious, superconscious level, like an epiphany. All of a sudden it'll unlock Mm. and they'll know, actually, you know what? I am good enough because I've done this, 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 and this. And and it shifts. And so what, what happens through this process, it's incredibly powerful and fast. It's taking the world by storm at the moment because it works. Um, and it's natural, right, is that it goes. So I did a session uh, two days ago with this gentleman and all of a sudden he came out of the session and he felt lighter and there was a clarity and he kind of was doing this funny thing and I'm like, what, what's, what are you noticing? He said, I'm searching for those stories in my head and they're actually not there. Yeah. They were gone. The internal dialogue that had been playing in his mind for decades, we shifted it. And that's powerful. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's like we don't even realize sometimes that we have those stories going on until like you kind of do a, a more structured or like self-directed healing, like you're saying. Mm. 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 Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So it's a cool um, modality to add on. So I've got the life coaching, the results coaching, and then I've added mm. in the the self-directed healing it's really really cool and i actually am the senior trainer so i train self-directed healing practitioners around the world mm. i mean that's actually one thing i'd love to talk about as we start to wrap up is the self-directed healing because a coach my coach i've had he he's taught me also a framework of some sorts like that um he called it the clear it like a clearing exercise that's mm. like kind of his wording for it but 
for you, how did you kind of come across self-directed healing and then want to start introducing it to the work you do? Yeah, I came across it. I, I um, met the founder at a festival. I was working there as a workshop. Um, I was called a space guardian and um, came, she came in and I mic'd her up and got her ready. And I was um, looking after all the participants that were coming in because this is a, a big, a big festival. Yeah. And um, she did this session on how to heal yourself. And it was absolutely phenomenal. I'd never seen anything like it. These people mm. in deep emotional pain and working through their emotions and then coming out just going, oh, my God. That was absolutely remarkable. And then I was camping there. The next morning was when my son had his accident. Mm. So it was 6.30 the next morning, I got a phone call and Aaron had been in an accident and he had died on scene. And so, I mean, like my whole world, like I said earlier, it changed, it shifted. Mm. But what I didn't know about grief is grief is a very physical experience. So within one week, I'd lost five kilograms. Mm. Within two weeks, I had really heavy heart um, pain. Like I was actually having heart palpitations. There's a, a syndrome called broken hearted syndrome. But mm. I, so where the valve into your heart inflames and, and the, it pulses differently. So I was getting erratic heart pulsing and I was getting chest pain. It was moving into my throat. And this was right at the beginning of COVID. This is just March last year. And yeah. so it was really physical and the shock so I was dehydrated because I was shocked and I couldn't remember to drink water and it was horrendous yeah. the physical pain was beyond anything I would ever have expected and this is where emotions manifest physically in the body so I rang up um, Claire the founder and we did a session because I was like what do you do when you're in that much pain mm. I, I just so going to talk to a psychologist it wasn't mm. enough I knew I didn't need medication. I just knew I didn't need medication because of mm. all my mindset work. I was already working as a life coach. So I knew how powerful this work can be. I just had to find the right way to shift it. Mm. I did a session with Claire, hour and a half was gone. Kid you not, totally gone. <laughs> my speech was clear again because I didn't realize it was so thick. It was like being in the darkest, foggiest black cloud and then all of a sudden coming out. And I, I was just like, I have to learn how to do this. This, mm -hmm. That was insane that you can have such a powerful and dramatic shift in such a short amount of time just by feeling my emotions mm. and having a safe place to do that. And so I became a practitioner. I was only five weeks after my son's death and I did the practitioner training. I've been doing the healing and now I'm the senior trainer. And I run the practitioner training worldwide. So there's nothing else I'd rather be doing because I've never seen anything like it. I've never experienced anything like it. I see clients all the time and I watch them go through these transformations and shift tragedy and trauma and anger and conflict and shame and guilt, really deep emotional pain because Shame, guilt, apathy, you know, grief, anger, they're heavy emotions and they can keep us stuck. Mm. You know, if people are stuck and it's hard to get out of bed and or they're depressed or anxious or anything like that, you know, I really suggest they give something like this a go because it does shift you. Mm. Neurologically, it shifts you. Emotionally, it shifts you. It unlocks you. So that's how I got into it. Um, it's been 
so aligned to my path, um, you know, of living your best life. And, and mm. now I've got this really powerful platform modality to really unlock people mm. from the stuff that most people don't see, don't know about. I mean, the amount of clients I have come to me that say I've been to the psychiatrist, the psychologist, the counsellor, they've done the therapy, but nothing's worked like this. Mm. Now that's powerful. Yeah really powerful so i I love it (laughs) it's it's been a blessing um it's been a tragedy what i've been through but i'm very grateful um for self-directed healing because it's been an absolutely pivotal aspect of both my personal journey and now my professional journey moving forward because you know my story is very powerful and i can connect with people i can really make a difference in this world Mm. using self-directed healing but using the knowledge I have of grief of the process my workplace training and HR experience sort of mm. bringing it all together I can I can I'm I'm standing in this kind of really unique position to really make a difference in the world and mm. uh, I'm going for it <laughs> yeah it's totally understandable why you would be so passionate and feel so strongly about it because sounds like it took you from obviously this place of extreme pain that you wouldn't want to wish on anyone and most people would only have the experience but maybe most people wouldn't ever experience potentially and it literally took you so far out there so it's totally understandable why you would want to so passionately share that and work with people with it because you've seen the impact personally Exactly. And it's also a really powerful way that I can create meaning around my son's life. Yeah. You know, I can make his existence mean something. I can help others. I can build his legacy. I can talk about him all the time. Mm. Yeah. I mean, because also, I guess for, for a lot of people, they start like when they get deep into their career they're kind of like, Oh, my learning stopped and all that. But it's like, you're also continuously learning as you're going so it's now it's also sent you on this completely different path of learning and journey it's like you wouldn't be who you are right now if it hadn't happened no and you know like i wouldn't wish it on anyone i i wish i could change it i wish i could bring aaron back uh but i can't so mm-hmm. i have to deal with what what's on the table and this is on the table for me so you know, it gives me purpose. It gives me meaning. It, it does put a spring in my step when I help other people. Mm. And um, I find it incredibly rewarding. Yeah. As devastating as the journey's been, I'm, I'm creating something meaningful out of it. Mm. Yeah, and on that powerful note, because you've also you brought up, I mean, this is obviously extremely powerful, the self-directed healing, which I'm sure people want to check out. And you've brought up where communication breaks down. So, I, mean, I just want to thank you for sharing your journey and your stories with us today. Oh, you're most welcome. And, and thank you for, for having me on the show today. It's quite a privilege yeah. to be here. <laughs> and um, what's the best way for people to, to find out and connect with you more in regards to if they want to do some work in the self-directed healing or more focused on the workplace and communication? What's the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, and I love this digital world, right? Because the world just got much smaller. So I might be in Melbourne, Australia, but I can work with anybody in the world via Zoom. So it's really cool. <laughs> um, so people will find me at christyrobertscoaching.com. That's mm-hmm. my website. That's the best place to find me. And I've got a, my social media handle across YouTube, LinkedIn, 
Facebook and Instagram is at, at Christy Roberts Coaching. So mm. it's pretty simple, pretty easy to find me. I've got an events page on my website. So when I'm running workshops, they'll come up there, but I can also be booked for custom workshops in the workplace as well. Yeah, awesome. And obviously we'll drop as many links in the description so it's easy for everyone. But thanks again so much for the time today. Thanks, Gavin. It's been awesome being here. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Automator series as much as I enjoyed having it. And there are two things I want you to do now. I want you firstly to follow me on YouTube, get that subscription in because you're going to see all the new episodes popping up in that case and you can stay on top of the series. And the second thing is I want you to reach out to me. If uh, anything we discussed on the episode today resonated with you in regards to potentially taking a jump into an online spiritual coaching business or you really have a business and you're wanting to grow that out and you're feeling like you could be impacting a lot more lives but you don't quite have the time right now, you don't quite have the freedom you wanted and you don't quite have those systems in place, I want you to reach out to me. To no pressure, no strings attached. Send me a message on Facebook, LinkedIn, email, whatever you prefer. And we can just have a conversation and a bit of a back and forth in regards to where you're at, what you're looking for, and how I might be able to help you impact more lives with what you're doing.